altered. There is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amaryllis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader. And this is your life, altered. Oh my goodness, I am back. It has been a long time. And for those that were wondering what in the world happened, I will tell you. And for those that follow me on Instagram and um, have been following the posts and the stories, you know that in April, or actually the end of April, my mom passed away. And so with that, I took a break. I took a break from all the things. And basically, I was just doing the things that I had to do that really needed to be done in life, and then doing the things that I really, really, really wanted to do, like deep desire, things that fill me up and really uplift me. And everything in between, I just let it fall away so that I had space to process grief, space to heal and clear and to um, just sit and be with what had happened and process it. And so this episode is going to be um, me going through some of the elemental rituals that I did for processing grief. And I can't even tell you how helpful it was for me. But then also, I think it's going to be something that's helpful for you all as well. It doesn't have to be just because someone has died. There are many phases, aspects, levels of grief that people are going through right now. So this is grief, period, not just because someone has passed on. It's taken a while. I mean, that was May 1st, and here I am <laughs> in September, uh, starting things back up again. And it felt like time. It felt like the right time. It's fall. It's a new season that's coming in. Fall always feels like a new start to me, and... I know that I've done the work, I've done the self-loving, I know that I've done the grieving process, and I'm ready to begin again. And new things have actually come through. For those that were listening in April, you know that a lot of things were transpiring and a lot of things were happening so fast. Some of them I did not get into because it just wasn't time to speak them. And in upcoming episodes, I'll be talking about the things that did come through and where I am now. And it's, it's actually a whole new place. This also had to be brought down and grounded, not just mom passing away and the grief, but all these new things that came in had to really settle down. I had to take the time to anchor in to this new message, this new mission, this new uh, life that I'm stepping into. Even though it has been a while, for those that also follow on Instagram stories, you probably saw that I recorded an episode uh, maybe like a month ago, and it ended up being all about mom and my grief process and just so much more detail than I think is appropriate. And I kind of feel like maybe that was just for me. I, I didn't want to release it as a podcast. Um, maybe people would benefit from hearing all the the stuff surrounding it because we don't talk about death in our culture much at all. 
and that's problematic. But I also feel like that was me speaking her story and all the things around it. And that was really just me and my own process and activating through the third chakra up through the throat chakra to speak and say the things. And it's recorded. Um, but that's just for me. And I decided not to release it as a podcast. And, and so I didn't. So if you saw that and you were wondering, well, whatever happened to that? Yeah, I never released it. So this is officially the first podcast back from that time in April. I am going to speak about these ritual, uh, elemental rituals that I did. But before that, I will still speak a little bit about what happened in April and with mom and um, just put that out there for anybody that is, um, that needs to hear it. So one, in a um, Vedic astrology reading that I had done a couple of years ago, it was made very clear to me that part of why I came here, why I'm incarnated now and in this time was to clear up a lot of the ancestral crap that has been passed down line after line after line. Um that for whatever reason, nobody has done yet because they didn't have the time or the energy or the awareness or the ability to to do this. And for me, that started with my mom. I did not have a a strong relationship with her. It was was always a a struggle. We didn't get each other. And um, so it wasn't the best relationship. There was nothing that was really toxic there, but it wasn't good. And we struggled with that all of our life. And for anybody that would like to look up about the mother wound, I would just Google that. And that can give a lot of information about um, daughters and mothers and the challenges that there can be. So I started doing an ancestral healing course last fall. It's with um, a shamanic practitioner that's here in Portland, but she leads online courses and programs so people all over the world can participate. And it was a self-paced thing. I'll link to it in the um, podcast bio. But going through this program of healing and clearing the line and it was really just the start because I'm doing more advanced work now. That and what I did from basically October through January, February of this past year was truly life-changing and it changed everything. And I believe that it made it possible for mom to have the beautiful peaceful death that she had. And for me to have this lightness in my heart around her death, because otherwise I would have been wrecked with regret at the things that I didn't do. But instead, I knew that I was called to do this, Um, not specifically for mom, but just because I knew. And if you're listening to this, 
it seems like you're probably someone who is awake and aware enough that this is probably also part of your path is to heal and clear your ancestral line. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that has gone wrong in our lineage and, um, and it just get, it gets carried down. It doesn't get healed or cleared until we, the living, do something about that. So I started doing this work and it, because I did this work, because I did the healing and the clearing, a lot of things came through and I can't, I think I mentioned all of this in um, March and April. Um, I'll tell more specific stories around the magic of it and, um, yeah, just uh, that's all I can say is the magic of it. Um, but it made it so that after mom's death, yes, I grieved because she was gone, you know, from this earthly realm. And um, I grieved her life and how sad it was to me because for those that don't know, um, probably nobody knows because I never talked about her because I just couldn't, is that she was a quadriplegic um, for the past 25 years. She's been in this state due to MS, and it never got better. It never went into remission. And it's been so hard to watch uh, someone's life fall away and become, you know, essentially um, dependent on everyone just to exist in this world. So there was a lot of grief that had to be moved through, worked through after she died. But ultimately, I there's such peace in my heart because as I did the work and I changed over these past three years, our relationship changed. And then as I did this work through the Ancestral Healing Course, I cleared a path, it seems, for the her ancestors to be able to work with her and for there to be this beautiful passing for her. She, um, she died in the middle of the night and I was there the evening before, um, just a few hours before she died. And we knew that she was sick and we knew that things were happening, but I did not really realize that I wasn't going to see her again. And so we were there and it was the most beautiful evening. Um, she said she knew that she was going to go. She said lots of ominous things that now I can look back and say, oh, that's what she was talking about. Oh my goodness. So it was a beautiful evening. And then with such peace and grace, she passed in the middle of the night. And I, I feel like I woke up when she passed. Uh, there were there were some kind of magical things that woke me up and I had some images happening that I, I think it, it was her spirit leaving, but I didn't know. I just woke up and said, that was a weird dream. Uh, what's going on? So we found out the next morning and, um, that she had passed in the night. There was also a lot of magic that happened after she died. She died, uh, the night of Beltane with um, a waning moon, the pink moon. 
And then after her death for those next two weeks, so much magic happened. It was palpable in the air. Um, I got signs that she had crossed over and there were so many animals, new animals that came to the nature area behind my apartment that I've never seen there before. And I saw rainbows all day, every day for the next couple of weeks. It just, <sighs> some of these rainbows, I mean, yes, I live in Portland, but there's been no rain. So I, I would see rainbows without the rain. I, I saw a, this rare kind of rainbow that I had to Google because I've never seen anything like it. It was like a, a double rainbow except you really only saw the sides of the rainbows. And then where the top arc would be, there were upside down rainbows coming off of it um, with a, a rainbow around the sun one morning. And my daughter was with me and it, it was just so beautiful. Um, so all this magic happened and then, then it was gone. And so it was like, yeah, you could feel that there was that transition. And um, recently, this world-renowned yogi, Guru Jagat, just passed away. And in that kundalini yoga tradition, as I was learning as from her death and um, how they navigated the next couple of weeks after that, in their tradition, they say that the soul... Oh, what is it? There's 17 days after the death that the soul is making its transition. And I just thought, oh, is that what that couple of weeks was that felt so beautiful and magical? And, and then, yeah, then it was gone and it ended. And I'm like, oh, it's back to the regular day to day. Anyway, all of this to say that it was beautiful. And I don't think a lot of people see or hear or get to experience that death can be beautiful and that it, 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 there's a different narrative. There can be a different narrative around death and that process and afterwards. I'm now on the other side of all that has transpired and have my feet on the ground for all the things that happened in April, which I'll talk about another time, and the time to process and grieve mom passing. And oh, also let me say that at the beginning, when I started, or right before I started that ancestral healing program, because of my relationship with mom at the time and just how uh, just sticky and tricky it was, I actually thought to myself, oh no, one day when she dies, she's going to be an ancestor and I don't want that. I, I, I can't imagine that. That does not sound like a positive thing to me. And then, you know, what, nine months later, after her passing, being in this place where I'd done so much of the ancestral work that I'm in this place with her and with the ancestors and with myself, that I can say, I'm so happy that she is now an ancestor. I love 
that she is one of my ancestors. She can get me in a way that she never could before because she's in this realm of spirit and um, I've connected with her. It took a little while. Um, I waited about a month and a half after she died before I actually tried to connect with her because I was still too attached to her humanness, you know, who she was to me in my life. Um, but I, I did connect with her about six weeks afterwards and she's so happy. She is so happy and I've connected with her a few more times and it's beautiful. <laughs> I know I keep saying that word, but it really is. It's the guidance is spot on and I, I feel that mother's love. <laughs> yeah. So I've moved on through the grief, all of this, all the things that happened in April. Um, I'm back to doing the podcast now. I'm um, doing mini messages. Um, these are the short little Akashic Record readings for people. And interestingly enough, because of the things that happened in April, and even before that, I got messages that uh, my more gifts would open up. Um after her death. And yes, that has interestingly happened. And now when I go into the records for people and do a mini message, I'm not channeling the same way. It used to be that I would just um, hear the messages and then speak and it would come through and I'd speak it as I was hearing it. But now I'm getting more visuals. I'm getting more of what I call zip file downloads where it's just bam, all this information. And then I have to speak through it to kind of unpack it for myself and people. So things are coming through uh, in different ways. And that's been really fun. Um, I'm still doing Reiki. And I'm going to be creating a couple of courses and programs. More to come on that. For now, let's move on to the focus of this episode. Using the elements to heal and transform and alchemize and compost grief. There's a lot happening in our world right now and it's heavy and people are experiencing loss of all kinds, starting with the pandemic of, um, of COVID in March, 2020, there has been significant loss of lifestyle, loss of plans, loss of dreams, loss of loved ones because they passed on, um, loss of jobs, so much loss. And that has to be recognized. And this grief has to be processed. It doesn't go away. It must be processed. And yes, you can go to a therapist and do this, um, these practices through traditional therapy, but also that's just in the mind. And yes, it helps. Yes, it helps. But also know that we are part of the earth and the elements that comprise earth. That's earth, water, fire, air. We can connect with these elements that are around us and within us. 
because they are us. We are made up of these elements. We can connect with the spirit of earth, water, fire, and air to help us transform aspects of our grief. We don't have to do this alone. And the key here is working with the elements that you ask for this help. You honor and acknowledge that you can't do this alone, that you don't want to do this alone, and you ask for help. It's a universal law that spirit, spirits cannot assist unless you ask. It is part of your free will as a human. They're not just going to intervene in your life. You must ask. And so I learned these rituals as I was going through the ancestral healing course to process a lot of different things. And I thought, well, why not now? And why not with grief? I'll, I'll use these same rituals and process my grief and ask the elements to, to, to take these, to clear these, to heal these. Um, so I'm going to go through each of the elements and describe what can be done with each element, what sort of mm, aspect that you're looking to heal and clear. Each one is a little different and you can choose all of them. You can go back to several of the different elements and, and work with them. You might do one ritual and then realize, yeah, there's more. There's more. Go back to it. There's no right or wrong as you're working with this. I have a few guidelines to go through with you. But aside from that, make it your own. You have your own connection with spirit. You can do this. You can create your own process around this. So the elemental rituals for healing grief and moving through navigating grief. I have a few guidelines just to start off before we go into each of the elements. So first, I just mentioned spirit is all around and wanting to help. You are in relationship with all that is around you, whether you realize it or not. And so you have that help. It's around you. It's already there. You just need to call it in and ask. Second, these rituals can be super simple. Other people who maybe are used to um, doing ritual and ceremony want may want to make this into something big and elaborate and have this whole thing around it and that might resonate with them. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And in some cases, many cases, it's actually a barrier to you even doing it because you feel like it has to be something big. It has to be something super special and elaborate and it doesn't. I've, I've done all of these in uh, very simple ways because doing it is more important than anything. Just doing it. Your heart and your desire is the bigness of it. And that's enough. Third, for three out of the four elemental rituals, I like to do them around the full moon, like on the night of the full moon or just a couple of days afterwards, because um, the energy of the full moon is about celebrating what has come to fruition, but it's also 
marking that it's going to be waning for the next couple of weeks. And so there's a release, there's a time of release. And that's what I want to tap into. So usually I'll do um, the water and the air and the fire rituals with or right after the full moon so that I'm tapping into that natural energy on the planet of releasing. And then for earth, I do that with the new moon. So usually the day or two after the new moon, I'm thinking about what to plant. What do I want to grow and bring to fruition? And that's where I'm working with the earth ritual. Fourth is reverence and respect and trust in that elemental spirit. We go into this and doing these rituals, understanding that it is something beyond us. And so we have reverence for these elemental energies and we have respect for them. And we have trust that when we ask for it to be done, that it is done. So as you go into the ceremony, one thing that I always do is ask for permission. I ask for their help and their permission. Then I give thanks. And then I do the releasing ritual, whatever that is, depends on the element. And then I say, thank you. I say, thank you. And then I trust that it's done. So I'll go through that again. Beginning the ritual, I ask for the element's help and permission, right? We get consent, even when working with the spirit. We don't just barge in and say, do this for me. No, we're in a relationship. We ask and we get permission. And then we give gratitude and thanks for their assistance. We do the ritual. Again, we say thank you. So much gratitude. And then we trust that it is done. Now let's go into the elements and the energies that you're working with, with each element, aspects of grief that work for each element. And you'll probably think of other things than just what I have listed here. So I'm going through ideas um, that were outlined in the course that I took. And again, that's linked in the podcast bio and the information. If you want to read more about Christina Pratt and the Last Mask Center, please do. I cannot recommend her work and her programs enough. So working with fire. You'll want to work with fire when you're wanting a really big release. When you want to transform something to ash, to incinerate something. Fire can also purify. So call in and use fire when you're wanting to purify. It can also remove things that block the flow of energy. There's also an element of alchemy to fire. I like to think of digestion. In Ayurveda, uh, fire is an aspect of digestion. You have to have a strong digestive fire 
in order to take food that then gets chewed, taken down into the stomach, and then liquefied and then processed into something that nourishes our body with all the nutrients and the minerals and that which does not serve us gets released and excreted. So there's this fire that alchemizes and transforms something that we can't use into something that we can use and that not only can we use but benefits us is is life enhancing to us. In doing the fire ritual, I will write down the things that I need to release to the fire onto little bits of paper. And then it needs to be something that can burn. You can um, speak it onto paper. You can uh, write it onto the paper. But it needs to be on something that you can then burn that you can put into the fire that's going to uh, pretty quickly just incinerate. Some people might want to do a bonfire around this, something in their backyard. Uh, Where I live, there's a fire ban. There are no fires. And also, I, I don't have a yard. I live on a fourth floor apartment. So I have a little balcony outside. I can still do this. I take a little stainless steel bowl outside. I have a little glass of water in case I need it. I have the pieces of paper that I've written and spoken what needs to be healed and cleared onto the paper. And then I have a candle that's sitting right inside of that stainless steel bowl. For each one in the ritual, I place the piece of paper and light it on fire with the candle. It burns to ash right there in the stainless steel bowl. It's It's contained, it's small, but it's still incredibly potent because what I just put onto the paper has now been incinerated. The power of fire is still just as effective. It doesn't have to be a big bonfire. So make it work for whatever your living situation is. Let's go on to water. Water, when working with water, it's for the things that you want to dissolve, for aspects of grief that you want to cool and cleanse, to wash away, to perhaps dilute. And also, when I'm working with water to to cleanse, there's also this nourishing aspect to water. It's not like fire where you're just like burning it away. It's something where I want to wash it away, but I also want to feel soothed in the process. An example for me was guilt around certain things with mom. I I don't want to just incinerate that guilt because there's a part of me that, that needs the soothing and the love that, you know, the guilt isn't warranted. So I want to wash away the guilt, but I... I also need to feel that love and care as I do it. So um, that's just an example for me. When I'm working with the element of water, I will choose something natural that I speak into the stone. So whatever it is that I'm clearing or wanting to heal or wash away, I'll find natural things 
that I can then toss into the water, right? So you, you don't want to speak into something that isn't going to be okay being in the water or being in the earth. You can, like some people might just put it all in one. I find it more satisfying to, to speak it into several different items. Every thought goes into a different item. I like rocks or pebbles um, or sticks sometimes. So decide if you want something to sink or if you want something to um, be washed away and carried away. And um, I've done it different ways. So sometimes I speak it into a stone and then I throw it into a river, right? And I know that it sinks and I know that the river at some point must carry it and move it around. But it's satisfying to know that that stone that I've spoken into is sitting in the water and it's being washed away downstream, even if the stone isn't moving. There are some things like after mom died, I went to the ocean and with that, I wanted to watch these sticks float away. So I found um, a little, I, I don't know what it's called, a little stream that was uh, feeding into the ocean. And there was a really strong current taking it down to the ocean. So I spoke everything into these different sticks and then tossed them into the water and watched them get carried by the current down to the ocean. And that was really satisfying for me because one, working with water, but then also witnessing the carrying of it into the greater body of water, the ocean. So up to you, what you would like to do here, um, or more ideas. And if you think of any other ideas for this or how you choose to do this, please let me know. Email me, message me on Instagram. I, I would love to hear more ideas. Next is the element of air. When you're working with grief and air, you're connecting with this energy of dismantling something. You're releasing a story that's perpetuated. You're going to disperse and scatter. You want to move from something that's really stuck and stagnant um, to, to moving it. Uh, especially something like where you there's no vision. Um, there, there's no vision for something greater. The air as an element is wonderful because it takes it and it just breaks it apart in this graceful way and, and scatters it, disperses it. So if there is something that feels like it's been so, so stuck, it doesn't really work with the fire. Okay, you can incinerate it. You could wash it away, but maybe it still feels like it's stuck. Air will break it apart. And with grace. So um, in working with the element of air, I don't uh, put what it is that I'm, I'm trying to clear into something. It's actually the ritual of going someplace high. 
ideally, you don't have to, but ideally going someplace that's high and connecting with the element of air. And then you speak whatever it is that's needing to be dismantled or scattered or dispersed. You speak it through your voice into the sound current, into the air, and the air, the element of air, simply takes it and breaks it and scatters it with the wind and disperses it like the clouds. It is gone. It's gone and dispersed. When I'm here in Portland, I, I could do this ritual on my balcony because I'm up on the fourth floor. I overlook this nature park and it would be lovely, but I personally like to go hike to this overlook spot. It, it looks over the city of Portland and it's beautiful and I'll go there um, sunrise or sunset and speak what needs to be clear, <laughs> excuse me, cleared in this ritual way and trust that it is done. But make this work however you need to. It doesn't have to be at a place up on high. Getting it done, doing it, is more important than anything else. And then the last ritual, the element of earth. This is for clearing and healing and working with slow transformation where it's more about composting, where you um, remove something by turning it to dust, where you might restore something, where you're planting the seeds for something to change or be different. Earth has a slower process. And not all of the aspects of grief that you're working through are going to need earth, right? Some of them need that fire and that heat and just burn it away right now. Some of them need that soothing of water. And some things you're going to recognize need and are calling for that slow breaking down in the earth, that composting. So it also is an alchemy but it's not as quick as fire. There's that transformation, but it's done within the earth over time. It also has that aspect of planting, which is why I work with earth in the new moon. So if there's something that you are releasing to be broken down slowly, composted with the earth, then yeah, you might want to work on the full moon as things are clearing and cleansing, but most of what I do with earth is the planting seeds for something new or a shift or a change. And so that's why I use earth with the new moon. When you're doing the ritual, again, I use something that's natural that I can bury into the earth and that it's going to be okay, that it's not going to litter. Stones, um, Crystals, I've actually gotten into the habit now of giving crystals back to the earth. So I've, over the years, I've bought many, many crystals and I don't need them in the same way that I used to. And so I'm giving them back to the earth and saying, thank you. Thank you for this gift and this blessing that I was able to work with these crystals. And now I give them back to you. I, so I'll, I'll speak whatever I need to into the crystal 
or stone or whatever it is that you're going to bury. And then I bury it in the earth. Any little plot of land will do. And if you feel that there is no land whatsoever that you could possibly do this with, it can also work planting or burying in soil of a potted plant indoors. If there's just no other way to bury in the earth, Mama Gaia, then find a way to make it work for you. Burying something in the soil of a potted plant will also work just as well. It's, it's the intention, it's the attention and the desire in your heart that is really making this work. Okay, and that is it for the elemental rituals. I truly hope that you utilize at least one, maybe all of these, as you process grief, whatever your grief may be, and do not compare it to anybody else's because we're all navigating grief right now. You have every right to grieve in the way that you need to, no matter what it is. So don't compare it to somebody else's and feel that, well, I don't, it's not okay for me to grieve this because somebody else is going through something that's so much worse or so much harder. No, no, no. Your grief is yours and you must process it regardless of what is going on in the world and with other people. Process your grief so that then you can step forward into something new and use the blessing of what you've just been through and the lessons learned and with a, a lighter heart instead of, instead of the heaviness that can get carried in the heart and in the body and soul when we don't process grief. I personally did these over a period of like three months. I did the first... The first couple, I did water and fire within the first three weeks after mom died. And then a little, maybe a month later, I did the air ritual. No, it was two months later. I did the air ritual. And in a couple of days, right after this new moon, I'm going to be doing the earth ritual. So it doesn't have to all happen at the same time. You do them as things come up and you recognize, oh, this would be perfect for speaking to the air and letting spirit of air dismantle the story that my mind has been carrying for years and it just keeps repeating it. Um, do it as it comes up. Again, there's, there's no wrong way to do this. Create what is needed for you when it's needed for you. The only thing here is simply to do it. Many blessings on your journey as you transform and process grief. I know that we're all going through so much during these times. It's, it's been quite a time on this planet, and from what I understand, it will continue to be for the next couple of years. We're not out of the woods yet. So please take this time, and anything that you do, feel free to connect with me and share with me your experience, either as you're doing it or what unfolds afterwards. I would love to see and hear about it because 
and also I want you to share it with other people. Other people need to know about this so that we can um, uh, stop stop being so bogged down in our heaviness and recognize that we can process this into something better, into something brighter, and into that lightness of being, so that it doesn't uh, so that it doesn't keep us from living our truest, fullest lives. That's not what it was it was meant for is to stay stuck in the body and in the psyche we were meant to move through it and these are ways of moving through it so please share with me please share with others and i will see you and connect with you in the next podcast on instagram youtube wherever we happen to find one another thank you and many blessings Remember that spirit guides but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.